podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Toda buena fiesta comienza con un buen outfit y tu próxima cita es con JCPenney, en donde encuentras de todo para cualquier ocasión. Ya sea elegante o casual, tenemos puro estilo para ti. Desde vestidos, trajes, colores y estampados. De marcas como Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford y J. Ferrar. ¡Ay, no olvidemos Thereabouts para los chiquitos! Descubre lo último en la tienda o en jcp.com. Estilo de pieza a cabeza para donde sea que vayas. JCPenney. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast Extra here at the King Power Stadium where Palace have won 3-0 against Leicester City. Unbelievable. This pod is sponsored by Miranda Dame Photography. For professional unique photography of weddings and more, go to mirandadamephotography.co.uk. And I am joined here by the players' entrance. They've all been coming and going, looking very happy, by Rob Warlow from The Court and Advertiser. Hello. How are you? Yeah, not bad. It's not bad. Good. And making his debut on the pod, it is the man, the legend, Adam Sells. From Sells Goalkeeper Products. How are you, sir? Very happy after that, for sure. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? Now, look, first of all, let's talk about someone very special to you, very special to us, and that is Mr. Julian Speroni, who you know well, very well, and today has broken a record for Palace for clean sheets. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. What a credit to the man. He's a, everyone that would know him, you guys especially, would know what a fantastic fellow he is, as well as a goalkeeper. I was actually involved when working inside the club with Ian Dowie in uh, 2004 in signing him from Dundee. And uh, much as I thought it was a good find, I didn't anticipate the £500,000 that he'd end up being our greatest goalkeeper in terms of appearances ever and now setting or equaling the uh, clean sheet record today. That was quite a story as how you brought him to Palace as well. Tell us about that. Well... Ian Dowie, I, I vividly remember the meeting. It was in January at the training ground at Beckenham. I was working in the academy at the time, and he came to me and said, oh, Selzy, we need to find a goalkeeper. Have you, have you got anyone that, that, you know, sticks out who would be in our budget and so on? And I remember saying to Ian, well, it depends what league we're in. We'll be in the Premier League next season. Now, bear in mind, we were second bottom, I think, on Boxing Day. He laughed at me on the stairs. Anyway, I gave him this list of goalkeepers of which Julian, or Julian to give him his correct name, but <laughs> nobody bothers to call him that anymore, uh, was top of the list. And um, at the time, uh, Ian had, you had, you had Yeah, I was, I was working with him through the gloves, and uh, Julian at the time could barely speak a word of English, but we had a sort of few uh, very broken conversations, and I told him that I was going to recommend him, uh, and I had recommended him to Ian. And... Uh, It then became apparent that through another contact of mine, Rab Douglas, who was then the Celtic and Scotland goalkeeper, his father-in-law was the chairman of Dundee. And the club was in, unfortunately, in administration. And uh, that hastened another sort of call to Ian to say, we can actually get this guy for a sort of bargain half a million pounds if, we, if we're quick. And uh, they went through with it. And I did say to Ian at the time... You know, I thought he'd be a long-term option. But in the Premier League, we might need somebody a bit more experienced. But having seen him in pre-season, I remember Ian saying to me again, 
Chelsea, this bloke's unbelievable. I'm going to play him from the start. You know, what a find, you know. And uh, as everyone knows, he had a couple of uh, moments with the uh, Kevin Campbell one, which, you know, is testament to how good he's been, really, because the fact that that's anything anybody talks about, and it was 13 or four, 14 years ago, I mean, 13, 14 years ago, that just shows you what a sort of model of consistency he's been. And to sort of equal the record today and make those saves, or the big save in the second half, instead of two, keeping us 2-0, it had gone 2-1. And that, that's the thing, you know, in the first two seasons that he, he played, you know, he, he was incredible for us in the Premier League. I think he won us, when I look back, 12 to 15 points a season. And I'd argue that in the following two seasons, we've had actually a much better squad and not achieved anywhere near the level. So I think his part can never be underplayed. You know, taking into account, you know, we're in administration and nearly out of business and he stopped us in going into League One with some incredible performances, then promotion, then keeping us in the league. And in the first season, the second half of the season, he was amazing, really. Absolutely amazing. He won us so many points. And uh, I'm so proud that he's, he's still stuck it out because beneath that great exterior and I can say to you he's not your average Premier League footballer as a human being I have to say he's absolutely just one of the best and um, beneath that very nice exterior there's a very very determined man inside and he just keeps wanting to come back and prove himself time and time again and he's in incredible shape everyone says he's 38 he can't go on I think I even heard JD Senior say that on one of your pods last week. So uh, I'll have a word with him when I see him. But anyway, I, everyone sort of says he, he can't go on, but I actually just don't believe that. He's in incredible physical shape. All the conditioning tests in the training ground, the leap test, I think he's the second highest jumper. The, 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 the dead weight lifting, he's the second behind Jeffrey Schlupp. The flexibility is number one. He's a super athlete, so 38 might be old for some. But for a goalkeeper, I think he's got plenty left in him yet. I can't believe that Jeffrey Schlupp's got the biggest of dead weights at Palace. That's, that's news to me. But Rob, that save in the second half, that again, that's a, that's a match-winning save. And we, consistency, as Adam said there, is, is true. We've been so consistent in the last few games away from home. Three clean sheets now with Julian in between the sticks. I mean, it, it, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Well, Wayne was in, in goal for the first of those three, wasn't he, at Brighton? But oh, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> Ju- Julian's been for two. Um, yeah, I mean, J- Julian Sperone, we know what you're getting with him, don't you? I mean, he, he is, as Adam said, he's the model of consistency. You know, I mean, there's not very many times I can recall that he's you know, made a mistake because it's cost Palace. I mean, all right, yes, you could perhaps argue that together with Scott Dan, that, you know, there was a, a joint, perhaps, fault for the goal against Everton, the, the, you know, Niasse's goal. But I, that's the only time I can think of this season, you know, and... and yeah, he, he does produce those saves, you know, which come at vital times. I mean, today, if, if that had gone to 2-1, all of a sudden it's a different game. Isn't it? on, yeah. most, most dangerous score in football, as we keep hearing right. <laughs> well, 2-0's pretty dangerous. If you that <laughs> well, I, meant, I, thought, I meant the 2-0, I meant the 2-0 going to 2-1, yeah, sorry. Very good, he's on phone today, Jim. You've got him at the wrong moment. Well, we? obviously, so our, our listeners, of course, um, can hear more from Jules because we interviewed him for the Issue 50, uh, which was a fantastic interview. We put a bit of the video on that online, which is great, and you can see in that video Jules' determination coming through his nice guy exterior as well. So... I'm actually delighted he's back in goal and delighted he's got the, he's got the record today. Um, let's talk about the game, though, because, I mean, Adam, every time I talk to you, you're always very positive. Even when we lost seven games on the bounce, you were saying we're going to stay up, which is amazing. But today, they were just so much better than Leicester in, in every department. Jim, I've maintained all along we have a very good side with some very good players. And, you know, sure, we had a terrible start, but I don't actually believe that there are, you know teams in the league that are much much better than Crystal Palace bar the big six really I think 
you know, we're, I put us in that bracket with our opponents today, Leicester. I think a very good side. You know, Burnley are in there at the moment, Watford in there, Southampton. But I think that's where we should be, really. I, I don't, I don't think we should be, you know, not, not, not concerned because that would be completely unprofessional. But you know, with the quality we've got, we're not a team that should be in the bottom three of the Premier League. That's for sure. You know, you recognise. You know, the, the, just the forward line alone, you know, with uh, Townsend, Ben Teke, Wilfred. I mean, Wilfred, I know well from my days at the academy. I can still remember him being a schoolboy. And I remember telling him one morning when we were working at uh, Motspur Park that he'd play in our first team by the end of the season. This was in 2010. And his eyes sort of coming out of his head on sticks and saying to me afterwards, as we walked onto the pitch, Chelsea, did you really mean that? <laughs> but I actually said, I didn't mean it, Will, I know it. And I always thought he was destined for great things. And again, his quality is unbelievable, you know. And I thought Townsend, who's had a, oh, I'm a big fan of, hasn't had a great spell of late, you know, put a real good shift in today. And Benteke, I was pleased for him to, uh, to answer the critics because, unfortunately, with our fan base a little bit, which frustrates me slightly, is everything's a wedding or a funeral you know yeah, there's not true, that's there's true, not yeah. the numbers are always one two or nine or ten there are quite a lot of numbers in between <laughs> you, my yeah, again? <laughs> no, but, you know everybody can be quite extreme especially after last week yes he shouldn't have done it yes it was a mistake but hey it's football these things happen move on there's always the next game and you know it's soon forgotten because this week he scores the first goal that sets us on our way yeah, and turns in a, a, a great display doesn't he so. um, Rob obviously you spoke to Benteke after the game um, you don't have to tell us what you said because that'll be available on Croydon Advertiser online he needs the plug clicks. Come plug on, in there. Um, obviously I guess he'll be delighted and again as Adam says they, footballers do take the next game as it comes to them they don't let what happens before get in their head and I actually thought for the first 10 minutes he had a it wasn't going for him his touch was going his way but after that goal he was Palace's best player. He's such a confidence player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, strikers thrive on goals, don't they? And you could just see that as soon as that one went in, the confidence level rose, you know, and it, he was. He was, a, he was like a completely different player after that. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I think Roy's right in what he's been saying recently, that he's played reasonably well without getting the goals. You know, he has been, since he's come back from injury, there was a couple, you know, it took a couple of games to get back match fitness, I think. But since then, the last couple, certainly he has played better. And he does, he just needs those goals to kind of cap off the performances and you know he had that one today obviously set up well for the second goal and he was a he, he was a constant threat you know what I noticed when the goal came in when, when, when Townsend went to cross that ball which I think was the first cross we'd done really in the first half and I saw Benteke free I thought he's scoring this he's definitely scoring this but then we went the rest of the half we didn't get any more crosses in it's so obvious to do why don't we do it more when Benteke's on there I don't know I mean uh, Benteke is a player you need to play to his strength and his strength is aerially isn't it you know I mean there's, there's no doubt about that if you put the ball in the box he's going to win probably the majority of those headers and he should do with the, the height he's got you know, and the, the aerial prowess he's got. I think Roy, Roy said afterwards that it's a, a very Benteke goal that I agree. You know, he put a ball in the box, he probably will score a goal like that. So Palace, it, it's not rocket science for me. They, they need to get balls in the box when he's in, in the team. And, you know, they've got the players to do it with the likes of Wilf and, and Andros. He nearly got a second, actually, didn't he, when Andros crossed it in the second half and Schmeichel pulls off a, a Peter Schmeichel style. Oh, so it was, it was a starfish day, wasn't it? It's absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? And, you know, to back up Rob's point about Benteki likes to head it, he even tried to head one that was about half inch off the ground in the second <laughs> half. I'm sure he's got a graze on his chin tonight after that. And but, he nearly put one, yeah. one in his own goal yeah. as well. Yes, but, I mean, I... I I don't like the sort of negativity towards Benteke. He's a proven striker at this level, scores a lot of goals. You know, his return last year was excellent. And I actually said 
in one conversation I had with Steve Parrish about Julian, or you know that Benteke was a sort of insurance last year for not going down because he's always going to score you the goals that that you need. And I, I you know, all this, you know, last week, you know, sell him, replace him. Who do you think you're going to find, and who do you think is going to come to a team that's struggling, and who's going to sell their best striker for several million in the January window? I think all of that is very, very hard, and that fans, you know, often need a bit of perspective around this stuff like I say I think you know the bloke's an excellent striker and you know he has his faults but I think if we look at every player in our squad I can find you something negative to say about anybody but you know it's and and any player realistically so I think you know it's very easy to focus on the negatives and I think you know the guy thrives on crosses Townsend can deliver a ball we need to get the ball in the box and get him on the end of a few things was he happy after the game? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think he. We've seen it in the past, haven't we? That he's very much a you could call it a streaky sort of player. That he, he does go through spells where he has a lean run and then he scores ten in twelve. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against him doing that again now. You know, he's got one under his belt today. All right, the disappointment is he's suspended next week. But <laughs> yeah. you could see. I tweeted, right, put, him in, put him in the fantasy that. team. And everyone's like, he's out for this game. <laughs> and half, God damn it. I think that that's the biggest disappointment from it. You know, that it, it can happen. Obviously, that's football, isn't it? But it, they, they obviously Luka Milivojevic wasn't there today, but Palace didn't really miss him in the end, McCarthy which was a surprise. Was fantastic, wasn't he? Absolutely yeah. fantastic. You know what a job he does for you every time you ask him to do it. And quite honestly, you know, Luka should have been a big miss, but wasn't just because this guy and he's had his injuries, but he seems to be sort of coming back to being the James MacArthur, which I think in that first season he was here particularly in the second half of the season after Alan Pardew had taken over and we had that very strong run. I thought he was our best player in that period and I, I think, you know, the last few weeks we've seen a few signs that he might be getting back there again. You know, he's always got a goal in him and he never sort of lets you down. He's very reliable and, you know, you have to credit players like that that sort of uh, carry out the manager's instruction and really, you know, uh, you know, they're the glue that sticks teams with the flair of... Zaha and Townsend and Loftus cheek together, really, you know. I agree. I know someone that calls him the Scottish Lee Catamar, which yes. is very harsh. I, me and him have, uh, or he and I, I should say, sorry, Mum, uh, you know, have many conversations about this sort of stuff, which is uh, I mean, over, over, over harsh, yes. Absolutely. I, I enjoyed sending him uh, uh, a link to Martha Reeves and the Vandellas on Tuesday night, and he thought it was dancing in the street about himself, of course, but uh, <laughs> in fact, it was uh, Jimmy Mack. Nice, very nice. Well, on that note, let's go and hear what Roy said to reporters um, after today's game, that 3-0 win at the King Power Stadium. Three, three clean sheets in a row now away from home, which is, which is good. And, of course, even more importantly, we, we've, we've killed that hoodoo that we seem to be suffering from that we don't score goals away from home which is always I think been a bit surprising for me because you know in each of those away games and the same applies to Brighton and West Brom the chances were there and uh, you know we, we were very close to scoring goals today we actually did score them I suppose it was uh, Tom Smaller that uh, Christian would uh, well, ha- happy for you Tom Smaller that Christian would have scored the opening goal yeah well that's good for him I think I mean I think he, he was very strong and did the right things after the, the penalty miss. He held his hand up, and I think everyone, certainly in the club and the teammates, that we we all appreciated that. And 
Um, we know that he's a quality player. The goal he scored really is the sort of goal he's going to score. And had it not been from a, a real wonder save from Kasper Schmeichel, he would have scored two today because he got in, got in the positions well. And when he gets in there, he's a good head of the ball. Uh, what was the finger in the ear celebration all night, Rob? His what? Fingers in the ear celebration. What was that all about? I've know? no idea. I didn't see it. To be fair, you know, I don't. A, I don't see things on the television. B, once we scored the goal, my first reaction is to try and speak to the players to make certain we're ready for the kickoff. So I didn't see what celebration it did, so I've got no comment on it. I think you've been a bit kind on Christian. You've got about four or five, to be honest. He missed, a, missed his kick three or four times in front of hmm. the goal. Well, if he keeps getting in, one thing's for certain, if he keeps getting into situations in good positions in front of goal, either with his feet or his head, he's going to score goals. Um, his record at Aston Villa was a goal every every two games and it wouldn't surprise me that, uh, if he couldn't match that here at least uh, in the remaining games of the season that's what we're going to be hoping for. Do you think it's a question of confidence? Because he'll look again looking at his stats last season he seems to be one or two. Mm, perhaps it is. Uh, sometimes all centre forwards go through periods where the ball won't seem to go into the net for them and of course he's had a lot of injuries this, this year. I mean he he played the first four games and he was played one game for me and then he was out for a period of time. So this is the now he's in a, a rhythm of games now. He's playing ninety minutes, he's starting every game. I think once that happens and we get the type of service in that Andros provided him with, we, he'll score goals. I mean it's, it's a nature of our business that Christian will sort of pop the headlines as it were, but there was a number of good performances out there from the yeah. guys today, Andros and Ruben. Yeah, I think it was a good team performance. I mean, I'm really delighted with everybody, including the two central midfield players. We lost Luka Milivojevic, which we've been a little bit unlucky. That uh, I don't know, in a game where we hardly, I think we only got one yellow card and it fell to the guy who was already on four. Against Watford, I think we got two yellow cards and it fell to the guy who was already on four. So we've been a little bit unlucky in that respect. And I don't quite know what Ben Tegi does to get yellow cards because he doesn't seem to commit any fouls to me, but there you go. I mean, you've had time now, haven't you, to have a good look at all the players and suss out what their attributes are. You mentioned the three clean sheets away from home. So defensively, that's what you're good at. You know you're good at that. But today, going forward, you've got so many options going forward. You must be acting pleased now. Yeah. You've got the players in your team. It may not be enough squad, but you're like, you've got players in this team that can do both. They can defend mm. and they can cause harm to the other end. Yeah, well, that's what we try to work on, and that's what I've always worked on with all of my teams going all the way back to 1976. Uh, and there's no doubt if you want to be a good team, you've got to both defend well and attack well. You know, there's no point just doing one of those things well if you really want to be successful. And uh, it's important for us that the front players know that if we can get you a couple of goals every game, you're not going to be letting three in at the back, so we're getting beat 3-2 every week. Anything else, lads? Okay. Thank you very much. Hello, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast here at the King Power Stadium, where Palace have won 3-0 against Leicester City to go to the heady heights 
Well, it was 14th before today's games. I'm not sure. We'll find out later. Who knows what happens? Like, it, Rob's shaking his head. No, I don't think they're going to be staying at 14th. Oh, OK, never mind. We're well, going in the right direction. That's all that matters. Thank you. I like that. Um, it's not uh, about today. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this pod is not just about football. It's about our sponsor, Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography of weddings and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Now, guys, if we were Leicester fans, we would probably be talking about two big decisions in the second half now, which is a disallowed goal for a push on Tompkins and a red card for Wilfred Ndidi for a dive. Rob, I'll go to you first for the push. It's definitely a, a foul. Yeah, I, I think both were correct calls, to be honest. Um, I think that at first some people thought it was offside, I think, which was wrong. It was a push. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. He pushed out of the way, but it was a borer, wasn't it, with a header? Yeah, um, I think it was Tompkins. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a push. You know, he got an advantage from it and... I think he knew, to be honest, he didn't protest that much. I think he knew that he'd, he'd fouled him. Um, the second one, when you saw the replay, you look at how Wilfred and Didi went down, and you think, yeah, you can see why the referee's given that. And obviously he was already on a booking, so two, two lemons make a strawberry, as they say, and he was off. <laughs> Do they say that? <laughs> that's a new one on me. Also, yeah. it was his 21st birthday in Didi oh, today, so that's a bad birthday present. Now, we not, we, we, I feel like in the last few years, we've moaned quite a lot about referees, Adam, at Palace, and we have had a few referee performances down at Sellers that haven't been great. But today, I thought Martin Atkinson, I, I know decisions went our way, but I thought he actually had a very, very good game. Yeah, Rob was 100% right. I think he got both the calls right. I mean, it's, it, you know, and it's quite brave, actually, for a referee in the home stadium to send a player off on a second bookable for a dive because it's quite easy for him to just sort of ignore it and not give it and then not put himself uh, on the line, if you like, by brandishing the second yellow and the red. So, you know, fair play to Martin Atkinson. I thought the push was, was right as well. I must admit I was slightly anxious at times during the game because if I had a sort of, you know, part that was negative or maybe uncomfortable with Rian Mar. Mares's ability to deliver the ball, those in-swingers, you know, and I just said to, to, to Julian a minute ago when I saw him, you know, we must have given away sort of six, seven, eight around that sort of last third and gives him a chance to keep sticking the ball on top of us with that quality he's got. And, um, you know, that made me sort of slightly uncomfortable. But we, we defended very, very well, I think, overall. My, my slight concern would have been that when they went down to 10 men, I didn't think that we managed the game for a spell perfectly, you know. I thought we should have kept the ball a little better and made the ball do the work. And, and you know, you, you got that man advantage and we sort of seemed uh, that we were on the back foot for a sort of spell. But then in the end, as we were sort of counter-attacking, we might have scored four or five, let alone the three. So, um, yeah, I don't think we can complain too much. It was a fantastic day for us, wasn't it? I think the hard work really was done in the first half because we know what Leicester are like. They're a very good counter-attacking side. And because Palace got in front, they didn't really have that chance to counter-attack. They, it, the onus was then on them to be the ones trying to push, you know, and Palace could sit in and say, right, go on then, try and break us down. So I think actually Palace, the way they played the first half really won them the game. And yes, obviously having a man advantage, sometimes it can work against you, sometimes it can work for you. I think in this case, I agree they perhaps could have managed it a little bit better at the start, but towards the end, yeah, they, they could have picked them off easily and, and, picked, yeah. and, and you know scored more. I mean, that, as it was, 3-0, you, you're not going to complain, are you? I mean, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think a fantastic result. And credit to, you know, Martin Kelly and, uh, as we talked about, James MacArthur, you know, stepped in and did a, an excellent job for us. And I actually believe, I'm, perhaps I'm in the minority, but I think we've actually got a very, very good squad. We need an additional goalkeeper for the squad, but I don't know how easy that's going to be to find one that's 
better than the options that we have, obviously taking aside my bias. I think who's going to sell you their top goalkeeper in January in any case? And obviously we need, I think, I think we need two forward players, another striker as backup and perhaps another sort of flair option from the bench that would be good to throw on that's got a bit of thrust and can sort of... Uh, give you a bit of impetus towards the end of a game perhaps it's not going your way or stretch the other team when you're, when you're in front but I actually think two or three players is all we're missing from having a very good squad and, and you know Steve Parrish has had quite a lot of criticism and most of it really unfair you know uh, we're in our fifth season in the top flight it's the best period in the club's history we spent £40 million plus in the last three transfer windows we've got I think the ninth highest wage bill in the Premier League We've done wonderful things, really, and I think, you know, a little bit of perspective from time to time doesn't go amiss. You know, we've come here against a team today that won the title a couple of seasons ago and, you know, really put on a super display and ended up with, a, you know, three points and being very worthy winners. Yeah, and three points that make everyone feel, I think, a lot easier before Christmas. But finally, Rob, final word for Bakary Sacco. Again, we're talking about our squad, and he's definitely a squad player, but the last two games, he came on on Tuesday, changed the game, and he came on today, he did exactly what a forward does, hold up the play. His first touch when he got it was to literally run straight into the corner in front of those Palestines, which was brilliant. But he did a great job and scored a well-taken goal as well. He's he not quite getting the credit he deserves as well. Yeah, he deserves credit, for sure. I mean, he, he has done a job. You know, he's been that player who's been asked to play out of position. He's, he is a winger by definition, isn't he? You know, that's what they, the club bought him as. And yet he's been playing as a, a striker when, when needed and when called upon. I don't think he's done a bad job for it. You know, I mean, Roy Hodgson's certainly been impressed. I think he's done well and yeah give him a bit of credit he scored two goals you know he might he might be forced to play him next week because yeah. we've no yeah. Benteke so you know that, that's no bad thing and he'll be, he'll be full of confidence so if he's given the chance then good luck to him I think that's very fair and one thing he does do is he does run in behind so he will stretch the other team a little bit and, and in fairness to him I think he's actually improved greatly in recent months you know he, he has a sort of hammer of a left foot when he strikes the ball um, and I know it that, was a great finish. That, that's, a, that's an asset. But after the game at Bristol City, when we sort of capitulated, the first half an hour in the League Cup, we were very, very good. And I think we had during the game even something like ten or twelve attempts at goal, hit the woodwork a couple of times. And I actually came away, although you know, by the way, we sort of fell apart and the result. But Sacco was the sort of plus for me out of that game because I thought, you know what, you're actually starting to look a bit of a threat and. The Frank Fielding, a goalkeeper I deal with at Bristol City and the goalkeeper coach there both commented to me afterwards that they thought he was excellent and our best player. So perhaps, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's taken some time to win over the Palace faithful, but, you know, he's definitely going in the right direction, that's for sure. And I think he might with Wilpie joint top goals. Score on four goals four, each, yeah. possibly, I think. Anyway, yeah. well, let's end it on there. Nice positive note. Adam, thanks for coming on the pod, mate. Absolutely enjoyed it. Let's hope it's... Uh, a lucky omen we'll be doing it again <laughs> hopefully good man and Rob always good to have you on thanks very much top man uh, guys thanks for listening um, there will be a full pod this week hopefully so keep, keep your eyes out for that and uh, keep following us on social media for all the stuff at FYP fans and check out the Julian interview as well the video it's on uh, YouTube FYP TV and buy a copy of Issue 50 because the full interview is in Issue 50 available for £2 to download downloadable copy on fypfanzine.uk that's it thanks for joining us uh, we'll be with you again very very soon bye
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.